What's going on, good people? Rich here. Ray P here. What's going on? Back at it again with another episode of We Got Y'all. Culture Garden's uh, very own television feed. There we um, go. We're here to talk about your honor. We appreciate all the feedback we got on the um, part 11 and part 12. I know we called them episodes one and two of season two, but we're going to go by the proper names that right. you know the show and Showtime have uh, provided to us. So um, part 11 and part 12 was a was a blast to discuss with Rachel. Um, and I'm glad that we are here for another one on part Absolutely. 13. We can't wait to include you guys in this conversation uh, with us. Um, real quick, as far as the culture garden goes, we did just have an episode this past week. Um, we did what's love got to do with it. Um, it really, it was Rachel in the school that discussed it. I, my, it was my birthday and I requested. Just be <laughs> I did chime in with some points here and there and some little information, but. Um, Ain't give us no prep or nothing. You know, it just happens, man. That's what happens when you work with professionals. They just, they, they prepared and they was just ready. Um, but yeah, besides that, February starting next week, um, our first episode for the Culture Garden is going to be February 2nd. Mm -hmm. So we're starting Romance Month. So mm -hmm. for four weeks of February, every Thursday, we're going to have a, uh, you know, romance, rom-com, some kind of romantic film. Um, and we have an episode I think everybody's going to be looking forward to coming up this Thursday. It is a personal favorite of mine. It's one of those that I wanted to tuck, tuck away. Um, but it's time to do it. It's time to do it. It's only right. So check us out um, on the link tree. If you follow us on the Culture Garden podcast on Instagram, we, in our bio, we have the link tree for all yeah. of our pages. So pretty much just um, the, the Culture Garden feed that we got y'all feed in our YouTube page. So please mm -hmm. check us out on the Culture Garden feed if you're not subscribed to that one. That way you can hear about movies and stay subscribed to this so you can continue to hear about television. Because we're going to talk about a lot. Yeah, we, there's we a lot. Shit. We got some shit in the tuck. I'm not going to hold you. A whole lot. Like, really, like a whole <laughs> lot. Like, this is, um, it's exciting because you really just pour into it. Rachel, myself, school, we just pouring into our passion. Um, and luckily, there's a lot of good content to discuss. Yeah. You know, this is our first time really playing around with television. We always say the great stories are on TV now. And, um, you know, that's what's so intriguing. We, we told y'all last week, this was this was random. Your honor was random. It was just too good not to talk about. Right. And it's a good story. Um, I love good stories more so than entertainment. Yeah. Now, of course, I think all television, all movie, all film is entertainment. But there's something about just an intriguing story. Great writing. Um, you know, when I look at a show like BMF, I love BMF. Like me and Rachel was talking about how Meech is probably a top five character on television right now. Yeah. Um, but that, for me, that's more so entertainment. You know what I mean? Like we we've seen that maybe because you know, there's a long history of that. We won't even get that deep. But when I see a story like Your Honor, it's just riveting, like just fascinating story. I don't care who's in it. Yeah. Um, what's going on? The storyline itself is just crazy. So, like I said, it, it's definitely worth the time, and we're looking forward to it. So, um, you ready to get into part? All that being said, let's go. Part we'll thirteen. <laughs> part thirteen, directed by Darren Grant, uh, written by Onika Barrett. Peter Moffat and Brandy Nicole. Um, Your Honor, if you are not familiar, is streaming on Showtime. As always, before we get into the episode, there will be spoilers. So if you have not listened, please pause, watch the episode, come back and check us out. Um, real quick, speaking of Showtime, did you hear the news about Showtime and Paramount Plus? They have joined forces, or yeah. somebody acquired somebody. That's very interesting. Very interesting. Um, 
you know, these streaming companies, well, Showtime's been around for a while, but, you know, obviously when we had the HBO Max and who was that? Um, Discover? I can't remember who. Discover. Not Discover. No, Discover. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, when they merge and, and things of that nature. It's just interesting to see how it's all playing out. I know that Showtime or, you know, whatever it's going to be called, they're focusing on television. Like, mm-hmm. that's going to be a lot of their, you know, main stuff. They said they're cutting back on things that get like 10% of the viewership, 10% or less of viewership, mm-hmm. um, and putting a lot of stuff into the television department. Okay. I'm very interested to see what we get. And with them joining forces, I'm low-key kind of happy because... Paramount Plus is one of the few streaming apps that I don't have, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to watch the game. There, okay. I don't know how it is. I haven't really seen too much on it, um, but I want to. I think I saw the preview on BET. They did like a weekend of whatever season this is of the game, and I may have seen a piece of one episode, and it felt pretty okay. You know, it wasn't terrible like when BET took it over. it wasn't like that it it felt like it was uh pretty good so i would actually like to be able to delve in and really sit and watch that for real so much content so much content on this planet so much i feel you though um yeah let's let's get into part 13 (laughs) and i guess just to kind of pick up from where we discussed last week i know we left with some questions Mm -hmm. um i think a couple of those were answered a couple of feel to be completely wrong (laughs) you feel me me? let's just go ahead and kick it off um one thing we were definitely kicking uh, completely wrong about was whether or not the baxters knew about um, rocco adam baxter and that's um, their baby the grandson and we see right away with no type of build-up or um element of surprise it was actually a matter of fact type of situation like of course we know about our grandchild um at least from gina's perspective we see gina um, and Fia in the room where Gina is holding Rocco. And that is a clear indication of, you know, where things stand. And I have some thoughts about this. They're really left field thoughts. Like, go ahead. Believe is going to be accurate. And I guess we'll just get into it. So, is there any, any, <laughs> it's so far fetched that I'm trying to think about the right words to say it. What are the odds that Sophia is working with Olivia, Rosie Perez's character? And this is all some big elaborate plan to take down the Baxters and Michael, in a sense. Um, I I think a lot of this comes from the fact that we don't know. Um, and there's even a line this episode from Detective Costello. Mm-hmm. Um, when she is, when um, Olivia pulls up on her and she says something like, you know, Olivia says, we both want the same things, right? And she said, I don't have a clue what you want. Okay. Michael says it a couple times during this episode. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really know. It's kind of a mystery. We know the Baxters are angled there. Is there some sick way where Sophia has already found out? Because, and the reason, here's my train of thought. Olivia is a step ahead of everything. Yeah, she knows the baby's name. She knows that the baby exists. Like, where is she getting this information from? Of course, it's the government. You can find out anything you want to. But has she had conversations with Sophia? Has she had conversations? Like, have they? Is, is it something where maybe they working together? Because they both said the same line in this episode. Sophia and Olivia both said when when it came to Rocco, I tried to tell you about this for a long time. Right. 
kind of like they're on the same page in a sense. Now, I listen, I'm going to be upfront. I don't believe any of this. Like, this is just something that my brain cooked up. Okay. But it wouldn't shock me if as somehow Sophia gets what she wants by eliminating her family mm-hmm. and making sure that Michael, who I don't think that, like I said, I think she's actually close. I think she actually considers him her only family right now. Yeah. Um, have tried to put, you know, put him away for, you know, what happened to Rocco. I don't know. It, it's half baked. It's to the left, but just something. I'm not, I'm not mad at that. Um, I had considered it this week as well. Um, and even if she's not in on it, maybe not yet, maybe she will be. And if she's not, something in me doesn't see her harboring ill feeling towards Michael. Um, working with Olivia to put the Baxters essentially out of business in a way. Like, I don't see her being mad because she doesn't. She loves her dad, but she doesn't like that nigga. She does not like their family, uh, what she knows of them. So not to mention the shit that she doesn't even know. Like, she's not a fan of that mob boss shit, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not mad at the thought process. I was very surprised to see that they all knew um, little baby Rocco. So can I ask you this real quick? Yeah. Jimmy knows, right? Like we saw him at the end of the episode, but mm-hmm. that's not new. We're not gonna start part thir- four. We're not gonna start part fourteen, and it's some revelation to Jimmy that this baby exists, right? You think he already knew before that? He knew before that, and if you remember in the park with Thea mm-hmm. and Carlo, she mm-hmm. says that's Rocco's grandfather. Mm-hmm. So they're not keeping that from Jimmy. They all know that. Jimmy knows, you know, so no, he knows. Yeah, I think that might go back to the writing. The things that we think we know, we don't. And the things that, you know, are absurd might really be true. Might be true. I was really taken aback because I really believed in parts 11 and 12 that they had no idea about this baby. What's what's funny is, shout out to moms. I was talking to mom about this this past Thursday when I was with her on my birthday. And she said, you think those parents know about that baby? (laughs) 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 And we had a full conversation like what me and you talked about. Like, nah, I don't absolutely not. And like I said, they said they did it so matter of factly. There wasn't even like a a suspenseful buildup about it. Like, of course they know. So. Um, it just keeps throwing you curveballs. It's very interesting, but we were absolutely wrong on that. Um, but like I said, we're still right as far as Olivia and what her motivation is at the end of the day. Like, because the characters in the show are wondering, we're wondering. Yeah. Tyrese is wondering, what more do you want from me? <laughs> like, she is, and she says something very, um, very interesting. Mm-hmm. I just want you to be you. When she said that to Michael, that means she has other pieces on the chessboard that are already yeah. in play. Like she just she's gonna find out some information just based off his dealings and, and things like that. I don't I still don't know what Michael's motivation is. And you see him become more and more um grounded. Yeah, yeah. He's he's seeming a little bit more human, especially when it comes to his grandson. But still not enough to where I believe he's back, you know, in society, back to, yeah. you know, a good state of mind. So 
it's very interesting. But I think there's going to be more to that story as far as what's the big reveal with Olivia and what is she really after? I know it's the Baxters. I know it's this whole East Coast crime wave. We find out that she pretty much got a demotion. So something mm-hmm. in her past went wrong. So yeah. she's playing something big. If you watch any kind of crime show, anybody that gets demoted like that, their next move, they're trying to get big so they can go back in good graces. So it's going to be it, interesting. I wonder whatever, whatever she messed up in New York, if it is in fact connected with the Baxters and what did she say? Like this sort of Eastern seaboard, all of their connections. So I wonder if in turn trying to catch one thing she messed up and then it just is a, oh, what's the word? Like the, uh, with the clown tab, those scarves, like it just keeps pulling, it keeps unraveling. And then oh, okay. it's connected to, um, to the Baxters. I'm sure there is. I, I, I think the Baxters are the small, um, you know, they're a small fish mm-hmm. compared to what she's after, but there's still a fish that needs to be caught and they, can help people roll up. So it's going to play a role. And you know what? It's also interesting just watching Michael and Olivia in their scenes because it's almost like Michael's looking in the mirror. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the stuff that she's doing, you know, the deception, the knowing what's going on, using things to her benefit or using other people to do things for her benefit. That's what Michael was doing in season one. Um, you know, gathering information, knowing how they could be of use. Like the consequences are the consequences, and I think Rosie's just more direct about it. Yeah, but isn't that just investigation one on one anyway? Isn't that good, quote unquote, detective work? Absolutely, that is the name of the game when you have that sort of power and um and intel. It is to gather. And to continue to do things and use them for your benefit and put pieces together for your desired outcome. Yeah. And I'm waiting on the moment where she really um, kind of puts her fist down mm-hmm. and really wants some information out of Michael. Um, but I think that's not going to happen until he know has a better understanding of what it is that she wants or she's looking for. Yeah, she has to be more direct. I think that's what's throwing me off a bit as well. Like Costello said, and Michael said, what the fuck do you want from me? He has no connections other than Charlie. All of his relationships are severed. He does not have any friends. He does not have any family other than his mother-in-law, who I'm assuming has gone back down to Baton Rouge because we haven't seen her at the house. Mm -hmm. How does Michael being himself benefit them other than okay you and Charlie this scene with Michael and Charlie uh with the tennis ball okay we're building up to something here but even they are not quite back there is still a wall there and both are tiptoeing very carefully around the things that they are saying because I think deep down, Charlie knows that when Michael confessed, there is a very real possibility that he is implicated somewhere in that, even though it hadn't come out. Mm -hmm. And to me, it felt like Michael confirmed that by saying, I'll do anything to protect you. Right. 
it's the it's the things that aren't being directly said. Exactly. Exactly. That's an that's an immediately no, I didn't, mm-hmm. or the answer that Michael gave, <laughs> pretty yeah. much. I'm yeah, like it. low key, but don't worry, like nigga, I'm going to protect you. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. It's very interesting. So I just I don't know how he can become a pawn. She says, All I want you to do is love on that baby, love your grandson. Okay. But Jimmy which, Baxter still hates me. Right. And which lets me further know that she definitely wants the Baxters in some capacity. That's why yeah. she wants to be around them so you can witness some shit and the whole nine. So um yeah, even when you know further on in the episode, when um, I think after the park, when Olivia pulls up on Michael, which mm-hmm. like you ain't just gonna keep pulling up on me. I know that's yeah, the thing, but my goodness, man, that's way too much. Um, Especially considering you have to know that I'm also being watched by somebody that's not you. Mm-hmm. You have to know that, right? Every move. Every move. And uh, uh, Michael asked Olivia, like, why do you care so much? And she said, why don't you care at all? Um, Which is actually an interesting tie into the ending of the episode as far as his Mm -hmm. conversation with uh, Afia about, you know, sometimes giving in and things of that nature. But I think that line itself, why don't you care at all? They're hammering this to us. Yeah. What is Michael's motivation? Like, what is that going to be that one thing that gets him back on the track? Because I don't even think Charlie and his troubles, I, I just don't see Michael caring enough. Like, I hear him and I feel what he's saying. And I know he means it from a good place. But if it came down to it, you think Michael taking a charge for Charlie? He might admit his role, but he ain't about to actively try to take a charge, in my opinion. Why wouldn't he? He was perfectly fine staying in jail or dying. I think things are changing. I think I don't know what it's going to be like at this moment. Yes, you're right. But I don't know. I I think. Go ahead. With the information that we have, not what we feel and think might happen with what we have. And Costello said it. He does not have shit to live for. Yes, this grandson that only now he's touched his little arm or little leg, but he still didn't hold the baby. Um, Mm -hmm. Again. He's lost his whole family. He already told Charlie last week, you're the only friend I have in this world. Today, he said, I'll do anything to protect you. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see him not taking a charge if it came down to it to make sure that Charlie was straight. Because again, while Charlie, I do think that he is crooked in his own right. He is only involved in this Kofi, Baxter, Adam Saga because of his relationship with Michael because Michael put that in play and as my best friend, yeah, I make some shit disappear for you. I have the power to do that. Yeah, I ain't asking no so, questions. Like I don't know what no questions asked. Probably does have plausible deniability. He asked me to get rid of something. I got rid of it. That's, That's pretty it. much the end of it. That's my best friend. Um, let's go back to the coffin with headlines. Yeah, let, let's go back to something you just said that I think is pretty interesting. Um, and I have a question for you about it. So you mentioned that Charlie is shady in his own right. Yeah. And I be- I agree with that. But were you surprised? And of course, it's a power play. 
Um, and I'm speaking specifically about the scene where the Baxters go see Charlie. Uh-huh. Um, as we know, this is their first time seeing Charlie as the mayor. Um, they had a great relationship with the previous mayor. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually had some things in play. Mm-hmm. And of course, Jimmy is coming to the table on some like, yo, let's still make this happen. He's coming very political. Yeah. Um, not not crime boss, you know, crime family boss, but hey, I'm a powerful man in the city. You're a powerful man in the city. Let's have this good relationship. It benefits yes. both of us. And he even mentioned it in the conversation with Michael that you just talked about, um, about the Baxters not being able to buy him because he stood up to that. Like mm-hmm. they're not gonna be able to buy me. So my next feeling is that they're gonna be able to, they're gonna try to hurt me. Yeah. Are you shocked that he didn't play that game a little bit more? You think no. this is the long run? This, I mean, the long, the long game for Charlie, or what are you thinking? Charlie said, um, "My promise was not to help the rich get richer." Mm-hmm. I think that even though he is a little dirty, he really is and wants to be the people's mayor. Um. And some of that, and this, oh, I was about to get churchy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I want to get churchy. You know, Jesus said, you know, uh, a prophet ain't nothing in your own home. You got to go somewhere else. So here Charlie is at home in his community trying to help people that he's known his whole life sort of move about the world who, for whatever reason, may or may not have been able or have the resources to obtain social capital or climb that ladder. I'm from the ninth. I'm from the city. I want us looking good. Think back to part 12. He said to Mo, you know, we can't have these people dying. We cannot have these people in the streets dying Mm -hmm. on your drugs. That's not what I signed up to do. And I give you grace because I know how you move. I know what you do again a relationship that I want to maintain with people who are considered less desirable because I understand the power and the clout that they too have in their communities. Absolutely. So, That's a great point. As a code switcher myself, I, <laughs> <laughs> I understand, you know, sometimes you got to keep them people that's going to be able to do some things when you have to move a little bit outside of the lines of the law. <laughs> Nah, that's a, that's a great point. And then you know, obviously, we'll 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 have a, a further conversation about Gina mm-hmm. um, and her role in that meeting and just her as a whole this episode. But Jimmy is um, he's someone who is becoming a very interesting character to me, um, just from an observation standpoint. Um, when I think about Jimmy, first of all, we talked last week about how he is tactical. I thought Jimmy's mind was going bad last week. His mind was going bad as far as what part? Like, I thought he was losing it. In which regard? Based off of last week, I thought that Jimmy was maybe just so grief-stricken that he just could not handle the weight of the Baxter name and all that comes with it. And Gina was resentful for, one, him being weak and her having to run the show the way that she feels it should be ran. Hmm, that's interesting because it goes back to a question I asked you last week when I was mm-hmm. like, does he did he strike you as the head of the most vicious crime family in New Orleans? Like, and he did not. Um, he did but not. this episode, particularly 180 or at least a 175, he, he struck me very 
Godfather Part Two, mm-hmm. Michael Corleone-ish. And I know that's very um that's rarefied air. So I'm not saying it's an exact thing, but I just mean one thing about Michael, he was always in control of his feelings. Yeah. Um, nobody ever really knew outside whoever needed to know what, what he was thinking. Mm-hmm. And he was very tactical. Yeah. It is not a coincidence that there is a scene in this episode where you see Jimmy picking up a piece on the chessboard mm-hmm. and putting it back in its proper place. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows chess is a game of strategy. Even though it's a split scene, they did that very intentionally. Everything that we learned about Jimmy lets us know, um, including that meeting with Mary Charlie. Mm-hmm. Like he's going into things with a plan in mind. This is how it's going to go. If it doesn't go this way, I have plan B and C and D already lined up. Right. Not everybody moves at that same pace. And it makes sense as to why he's the boss. You don't become that powerful without being smart. Yep. You know what I'm saying? People can Which fear is why you. Gina don't run shit the way that she thinks she do. Exactly. Gina's a liability. I t- it, it goes to show how smart that Jimmy is just by how he manages Gina. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because it is easy to go the emotional route. Yeah. You know, and, and do what you need to do, as we've seen previous crime bosses and name your film, name your television show, handle, and I mentioned this last week, you don't see the wife or, or a woman like that really run things yeah. and be so blatant about so brazen about it. Like There were multiple times throughout this episode that she did that. But um, one thing about J- Jimmy is he we know that he cares about family. Yes. Right. So in season one, he had his breakdown when he was beating up the birdcage Mm-hmm. He had the moment when he was talking to Frankie and he said, I bought him the car. Like I buy like a, a man's job is to protect his family. He said those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's at a very interesting point because when I think about that scene with him and Carlo, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're talking about the hotel that they want to build and the casino and, you know, with their name on it. And Carlo's just kind of like, can we come back when it's built? Like, I don't care about none of this. Yeah. Um, you know, the irony of with hard work, you can do anything because obviously the Baxters have a system that's been set up for them for generations and generations before his grandparents were born. He was going to be lined up. Yeah. Um, same thing with Carlo. And there's that divide where I don't really feel connected to my firstborn. And I think he's an idiot. Big time. My wife hates me, you know, and I'm Real really bad. starting to resent her. And she's yeah. starting to fuck up the money. Real bad. Sophia is, you know, I'm trying to win her grace back. She's the only one. She's I probably had the best relationship with her. Mm-hmm. And now I don't have that. So I'm really feeling it. Yeah. Rocco, I feel responsible for his death because I bought the bike that killed him. Mm-hmm. And the man I hate the most is the one that's having this relationship with someone in my family. Like, I wonder what his, we talk about Michael's motivation. I wonder what his character arc is going to go as far as losing everything that he really cares about. Because at some point, I see him fighting for that. And I think we're seeing a little bit more fight from him as each episode goes along. So I know and saw that Jimmy was furious to see um, to see Michael in Fia's hotel room. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was frustrated with seeing them in, at, in the lobby. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he knows about the meeting in the park, even prior to you know the whole uh, what is it, Jack the Henry, whatever the uh, the oh, Henry the Hook or Harry the Hook, Henry, Harry the Hook, yeah, yeah. Um, 
and then soak for another time. I've already told you to go find somewhere else to drink. He sees Michael in the apartment after warning him to drink somewhere else. And the very manipulative and disturbing combo convo he had with Michael at the bar. So even after I play with your mind a little bit, here you are again in my daughter's home in a place where I'm not totally, totally welcome. We definitely going to have an issue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's just male ego on top of me being the boss that you know me to be, and you're not listening. I've already told you to stay away. Right. Because now you're pissing pissing me off. Now you're pissing me off. (laughs) And as somebody who has, I'm I'm with Jimmy on that. Like, I don't have many buttons. I don't have anything that really, like, activates me. But Mm -hmm. whenever I have to say, now you're playing with me. Now you, like, that's when, because I've, you know, try to go cool about it. Try to be cool about everything. And Jimmy was more than reasonable, considering mm-hmm. the circumstances. Yeah. But now you you violate it now, bro. Now that I've brought it up, what do you think of the combo? That. Nope. I'll pause. Carlo and Michael's conversation in the, in the park. park. Yeah. I did not think. That Carlo, I knew he was an idiot, um, but the fact that he didn't know that his case was not a fair, true live trial in the Kofi Jones um, scenario was really jarring to me. I thought that he knew that um, that Jimmy was basically strong-arming Michael. You know, that's interesting. Um <laughs> I, I think I might agree with you. I think mm-hmm. that he knew. I think that whole conversation was really about Harry the Hook and the whole double jeopardy thing. Yeah. Um, And I think that's what shook him more than anything. Um, now, I do know, that, as you're alluding to, the scene when he's in the security room with Jimmy, mm-hmm. and he's, you know, he asked him, you know, did I get lucky? Like, so I assume that he knew. Um, right. Especially given that you know, his dad even told him, like, you know, you have this many days in your sentence and you do this. Like, I just, I felt that he knew he was going to get out of that. Um, there was no way they were going to let him go to jail, but right. I don't know, man. I don't know what to think about Carlo. Like I said, he's just that disconnected, firstborn. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if Carlo knows what he's doing. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't. And that's because his mother has that battery in his back. He just goes about all laissez-faire, doesn't care about anything. I'm allowed to be a goon and a thug. You know, I'm allowed to be muscle. I've been that and done that my whole life on my own gumption and on the orders of my mother. Straight up. Because I don't know what he wants. Like, what do you, because you're not in a position to be, you know, running things. Right. Not at all. Whether it's on the legitimate business side of things or it's in the street side of things. Like, you are not to be trusted and you're known. You don't show any kind of um ambition to want to be in those roles. Nope. Um, you were a soldier pretty much. You just so happen to be my child. Right. You, you know what I mean? Like, so at some point it's like, you know, and I think that's what they were trying to get to when, you know, with hard work, you can do anything. He's showing them that land where, you know, this is what we're gonna have, and people are gonna see the Baxter's name. And he's like, Can we just come back when it's up? Like Carlo has been, he's had a life where everything's been handed to him. Like, 
everything. For him to have been around the business his whole life, for him to not even really understand the importance of cleaning the money and and having something else is really disturbing to me because you are going to fuck this up. (laughs) You are going to do something in however many episodes we get that is going to open the floodgates of mess. Mm-hmm. We saw last week the way he pulled up in the lower ninth. Like he yeah. just—he's a liability. Um, and speaking well, of liabilities, know. let's talk about Gina. <laughs> um, man, Gina Baxter. Um, we talked about things that we got wrong. Let's talk about something you got right. Um, okay. you knew, you knew. Once that exchange, um, no words, but just a couple glances mm-hmm. um, of the balcony um, yeah. after Big Mo left that meeting at the hotel or the bar in the French quarters, mm-hmm. you knew there was something there. Yes. And, um, you know, we see a scene where it's alluded that Gina has some business to take care of. Mm-hmm. We later find out that she was at the bar making a better offer. Yeah. Um, and we also find out that she's aware of everything that's going on. She mentions it to the mayor. Mm-hmm. Like not only am I aware, I want you to do something about it. Right. You know what I mean? You ain't helping us, but you help her. And one thing that I really want to point out, and I think I think this is really a credit to the writing. They really want us to focus on Gina as a character. Mm-hmm. Like most shows, eight out of ten shows would have mentioned that black woman or something like that. They would have mm-hmm. went race. Like, yeah, I don't like her, period. Like, and I think they do that just to show, like, Gina is just Gina. She's evil. It don't matter. If you in her way, you in her way. You in her way. And she's going to be very vindictive about it. So, um, she obviously had the scene with Jimmy that I want to talk about a little bit more in detail. But what were your overall thoughts of Gina in this episode and just her defiance um, and her her complete um, unreasonable... um, not well thought out rage. Uh, she's, she ridiculous. she's ridiculous. Um, her beef with Mo is that you know they took the shot at Carlo. The shot at Carlo was not unwarranted, and uh, Jimmy made the point to say, Well, you know, the person that took the shot has been disappeared. Or, you know, he's no longer around. Yeah, disposed of, I believe he said. Eugene was not even desired. The call, the hit, quote unquote, did not come from Mo. And I think that you know that. She don't care. You don't care? Okay. It's it's gonna get ugly. Um, in the office with Mayor Charlie, I was pissed that she went in the first place because you weren't invited and I already have made up my mind that you're a liability and you do not think clearly. Um, She's calculated, but the math is wrong. (laughs) You missed a few steps, you know? One plus one equal three with her. Exactly. Exactly that. And so to your point earlier, I felt like Jimmy was trying to see where he stood with Charlie he was trying to get a better understanding of who Charlie is and what exactly they could do because we already know that they were in the previous mayor's pocket. 
Absolutely. I see if I can buy you as well, or if I even have to buy you as well, because you know, Charlie is not naive to the fact that having that side of the river developed is money for the city. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a no brainer. But do I want these people to be in charge of that? For real, for real, hell no. Because right. I know what that means for the city as well and for them. So um, Jimmy was trying to go about the visit diplomatically. And Gina, again, in her rage, in her emotion, in her just murkied up mind, uh, steamrolls the meeting. And now it becomes contentious where it didn't have to be. And now you've let Charlie know that you more my business than you should be your damn self. So mm -hmm. that is going to cause a problem that Jimmy is going to have to try to clean up in whatever way. And also following that, I didn't think that Gina was a little scared of Jimmy still. And she is just a little bit, not enough to sit her ass down and shut up, but it's something in her that knows that if she take it too far, Jimmy might snap on her. Um, I think I might have to disagree. Mm. I don't think I don't think Gina is scared of Jimmy at all. Um, just by her continued actions, it's 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 od now. Like it's it's od now, and I'm really shocked that. Uh, everything you just said, as far as you know, Jimmy having a plan, um, mm -hmm. I know that's kind of what I mentioned earlier. He's a chess player. He wanted to feel things out. I'm shocked that Gina even got to the meeting. It's it's the way Gina does things. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. She walked down going to the mayor's office. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I decided I'm coming along. Like there was no there was no conversation. There was no like this isn't a good time. Like Gina had already known she was going. Like there was mm. nothing that Jimmy was going to say to her. That was going to stop her from sitting in that meeting. Yeah. Which is wild. And even the way she ended the scene, because I, I felt you for a second. Mm -hmm. I, it wasn't for this part that we were about to talk about. So when Jimmy Loki snatches her up, and that's the first thing I thought, because I'm like, last week me and Rachel just talked about, I'm surprised Jimmy ain't checked her yet. This yeah. is it. Snatches her up, kind of explains what's going on. But then you see Jimmy caving a little bit. Mm -hmm. If it's that across the street, because in the, in, the, in Jimmy's world, his big world that he's living in, Mo and what she got going on across the street ain't got nothing to do with me. I don't care nothing about that. And right? it truly does not. It does not matter. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? But if you want to handle, you know, we'll get Frankie to handle it. And with Gina, it's more so, I just can't believe you're going out like this. I can't believe you don't have the same outrage about these small things, the things that wouldn't make him a good leader. Or smart, yeah. The things that you have to let go, like your ego has to be adjusted to let these certain things go because mm -hmm. they don't matter in the grand scheme of things. Like Jimmy's moved past that level of having yeah. to worry about some petty street beef. Mm -hmm. He's past that. There's other people that worry about that for him and handle that business for him. Like so, it's not surprising that he has somebody like Frankie to do that. And he says that, but Gina doesn't comprehend. She wants him to be hands on with everything, mm -hmm. and it's incredible that she doesn't see the big picture. And I, I, I wonder how long they've been married. Because you've had to see in some of the smart plays that Jimmy's made. And right. I don't know if this is just mother scorned because she lost her baby. 
which mm-hmm. you know, if she wants to see You know what I'm saying? But uh, I guess tied to my point, the reason I felt she's not scared is because when she said, "You oh, you want to fuck me? Why don't you get Frankie in here and let have him do that for you too?" Like that's just like the that's like the spit in the face. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't respect you, my nigga. And I ain't scared. What you gonna do about it? You ain't gonna put your hands on me, which Culture Garden, we do not believe in domestic violence. I advocate violence, but yeah, if you would have a, a quick yoke, a for real yoke, I mm-hmm. but she knew that wasn't coming from Jimmy. And yeah. Yeah. and can I tie this in real quick, Rachel? Go for it. Rolling into things we were right about. Mm-hmm. Her family is the ones she yeah. had a line mm-hmm. right before that scene when they were still in the lobby. If she um when she mentioned like if this hotel said Conti instead mm-hmm. of Baxter, like people would think twice about like pretty much disrespecting it. That's not the exact quote, but she's pretty much saying my name, my family's name meant something in this city. Like we mm-hmm. held weight, like you know what I'm saying. If our name was on this building, people would know what's up. Like, yeah, weak ass Baxter shit, you repping. <laughs> like I said, he was poor, and you just reminded me, uh, he grew up poor. Yeah. And it sounds like she didn't. And she didn't. They made mention of it in um in season two when they're all having uh dinner, maybe with uh yeah, because she made gazpacho and he's like, My soup's cold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, is supposed to be cold, yeah. Right, right, right. And oh. he and Fia had that moment, like, you know, she thinks I'm nothing. She thinks I haven't learned anything all these years, but nah, I just don't like that shit. <laughs> Right. So it's a it's an interesting power play. I think Jimmy allow I will say this, I will concede this. I think Jimmy allows more than the average person would. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I think Jimmy I think his um his emotional restraint is not an absence of anger. Yeah. Or an absence of where he can take things. I just think he's very very calculated. Like I'm having a different level of respect for the way he thinks. Like even the scene with Michael at the hotel when Michael said, I have to ask you a question, Let's he goes to that whole spiel. Like, Jimmy knows, Jimmy probably thought about that moment a year ago. Mm-hmm. If he ever comes to me, like, what am I going to say? Because there's something that he's never going to show his full hand. Yeah. He wants Michael to live with that. That's you killed your son. Like, he, he said a line, and man, I didn't write it down, but it was very telling. Like, your fear killed him. Your fear killed him. His fear was you know understandable this is the fear of a teenage boy if you would have sat down and came to me as men with contrition you know we could have worked it out just the way he played that out just described it there was just a little bit of me because i knew he was lying but Mm -hmm. there was just something in me that was like damn what low-key he's right Maybe, just maybe, even if it meant that I really, you really would have been in my pocket for the rest of your natural life, you might could have worked some shit out. But no, he would have killed both of them. (laughs) He he definitely would have killed both of them. And I thought he would have killed both of them. Mm -hmm. But the the actor himself, plus the character of Jimmy, Mm -hmm. they did such a great job of making us believe that what he was saying was true. And that's really hard to do when you know he's lying. Yeah. And it, yeah. it, it was it was so convincing that the show had to write that that quick scene right after. Mm-hmm. As far as mm-hmm. like, 
if he really turned to like when Frankie asked him, like if he really turned himself in, and he confirmed, of course I would I'd kill him with my bare hands. With my bare hands. You know that, but Jimmy's so calculated that damn Jimmy, would you really like give him a pass? Because he you saw a man that just lost his father. So instead of viewing me as this, you view me as this monster. Like right. Oh, it was brilliant. Right. It was brilliant. And I'm like, Jimmy is a fucking genius. I'm scared of Jimmy again. <laughs> Because now I know you crazy for real. Jimmy um, crazy and he see the long game, man. There's stuff Jimmy know that the rest of us don't know. Like He's playing chess. Including Gina. As to which I wonder if Gina knows that Jimmy and Mo have an understanding. Jimmy and Mo have some sort of mutual respect because they understand their they position. Know. She knows she don't care. She that's what that's part of her disdain that she that he's okay with that. Like he Gina wants Jimmy to annihilate everything that's desire related. And but the crazy thing is if he does that, then what? Right. You know what I mean? Now what? Now what's next? Like it's no there's no happiness when it comes with Gina. Like mm -hmm. there's she wants to live in that anger, like she said, and there's no way she's gonna get Rocco back. And I think she just wants things to burn until it's her day to burn. And I yeah. just think that's where she lives in life right now. Yeah. Fuck Gina. Ugh. Um, let's talk about something that I think is very interesting. Okay. Um, I think that is going to be uh, one of the most interesting storylines in these final seven episodes. Mm -hmm. And that's this Eugene, Mo, Houston, Plug whatever you want to call it, buying this club, all of that, that is going to have some big ramifications. 1,000%. Um, go ahead. Did I miss that little... I thought Mo was Mo's son, not nephew. I had that in my notes, too. We didn't find that out, I think, until this episode. Until this episode, yeah. yeah. We, were, we both referred to them last week as mother, son. Mother, son, big Mo, little Mo. I mean, and it just made sense. And then so for the auntie, like, no, you know, how's your real favorite aunt? So mm -hmm. I'm wondering if the story of Mo's mother and or father comes into play, uh, especially with now knowing that he's at least in a bull... At least in the bullpen down in Houston, right? With the cousin who did a five year bid, who I'm assuming was for Desire and held it down. Mm -hmm. They mentioned that he he's loyal. Don't mean he's smart. Don't mean he's smart. Eugene has his Eugene Justin has his phone and the money. Yeah, shit's about to get real. Do you think that the plug? Is spinning him, or they he really is at this baseball shit, and I think he was really at this baseball shit. I think he was at this baseball shit. I think I think that that first meeting we had with the plug in in, in um part twelve, mm -hmm. he didn't strike me as a man that was playing. He struck okay. me as like somebody like yo, get these ten key. Like he's not. I know we got this meet. Like I'm gonna be here. Like you could be absolutely right, but I think he was dead serious. Now, go ahead, go ahead. I'm torn because I think that he was put off by Mo initially only want little Mo only wanting to do the two versus 20 kilos. He I, found think that, money. I think that knowing that they had this meeting set 
and knowing that he was coming out of town, mm-hmm. he knew that Mo wasn't going to come empty handed. Um, yeah. And I think that he knew that that was enough. Like he, I think that whole thing was a strong arm play because, um, what's his name? What's the plug's name? I can't remember. Is it Rodney? Yes. Rodney. So like when Mo was pleading with him, little Mo was pleading mm-hmm. with him. Like, yo, I, you know, how about we start with these two and then see how it goes. He said, how about we start with 20? Yeah. Like he's letting him know this is what it is. So either you come correct or don't. Now that he can't correct, sure. I think that he was with it, but now it's going to be a big problem. And I think that's what, that's what makes me really believe that he was with it because the effects that this is going to have is going to be a real big problem for desire. I feel two ways. I hear what you're saying. You're a businessman. Yeah. The games could be intense or you could be traveling. It's an out of town game. Why is you meeting me here? There, you don't have your phone to be like, hey, whatever. We held up. We had an extra inning. You have to come from out of town. Well, remember he called the cousin when Mo knocked the phone out of sand right before the fight. He told him, don't answer that. He answered it. You're right. You're right. You're right. Mm. Okay. Now, okay. it is it is very odd. I will admit this. It is very odd for a character like that, somebody who I think is serious about their business, to run late um, and not having something set up for a meeting like that. Like, I don't think somebody in real life would even schedule that meet on a day that he knows well, his coach. Exactly. Your schedule clear. Like I got a five, six hour window like to make sure that nothing's going on for a deal like that. And it might be small, you know, small shit to Rodney, but it's still business. It's still business. <laughs> and I'm still exchanging 20 keys for this bread. Like I want to make sure everything good. Cause like exactly. I think that um I talked last week about Eugene slash Justin. Mm-hmm. How he's just one of my like one of the more intriguing characters, one of my favorites. Yeah. And I can't help but think about one thing stood out to me. Um, I guess on a um, a larger level is the relationship between Eugene and Mo, mm-hmm. little Mo, because you said what? That's big bro. Yeah, but it's an interesting dynamic right now because in this episode, there's a moment when, um, well, let me back up. Little Mo made a very conscious decision, right? Mm-hmm. He made a very conscious decision to let Eugene go. Yeah. Right. He knew what time it was when it came to Eugene. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. over. Regardless of who did it, Eugene's life is going to be at an end. Whether that, what a little Mo thought he owed it to him. We talked about this last week. He just he 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 knew that he was doing something good. Yeah, Mo felt that he was doing the right thing. And I and, and when you think about somebody in the streets like that, how many times are you doing the right thing by a citizen standpoint? Right? Sure mm-hmm. is right. Um. Mo made the comment earlier to him, Big Mo, about how he failed the last big thing that she trusted him with. Yeah. Which was Eugene. There's a little look when um, Little Mo gets to Houston and he sees Eugene. He kind of shoots in that look. Almost like that conversation with Big Mo is fresh on his mind. Yeah. Like that little bit of, not animosity, but I have to understand what life I'm living. You get what I'm saying? Like Eugene represents the good and the evil with the world that Mo and anyone in the street has to live with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you can't um, you can't, there's no room for moral growth when you're in the streets. And that's what really stood out to me about that whole dynamic because 
Little Mo doing the right thing and letting Eugene go is so detrimental in the world he lives in. Yeah. He's not a citizen like the rest of us. Yeah. He lives in a world where they have their own rules and you have to abide by them. Um, because if you don't, it will get you killed. I think that's the same way. That's the same reason why Eugene looks shook every time he sees Mo and why mm. he jumps up because he knows Eugene knows enough to know I should be dead right now. Yeah. And at any moment, anybody from Desire can pull up from New Orleans and snatch me up, and I can get what I what I'm you know essentially owed. Um, I don't know. Every good deed, man. When you live in the streets with every good deed, you're kind of closer to your grave. Yeah. You know, and it's just an interesting dynamic. It, it reminded me of um, Raising Canaan. Okay. For anybody that listens, if you don't listen, it's not a real big spoiler alert, but it's a small spoiler alert. So skip forward the next 20 seconds. But this past season, when Marvin led, um, I forget the crackhead's name, mm. he tried to get him a bus ticket out of town and let him yeah. go. You know what I mean? That's Marvin trying to do the right thing. You know what I mean? I don't want to really live by these rules for everything. And then the dude comes back and proves him wrong. And Marvin got to do what he got to do. Now I gotta revert back. I tried, I can't. Like you can't live by those rules. It's too much to risk. So, like I said, it's just crazy to think about like you that whole world and that yin and that yang, like that's good and evil. That I want to do the right thing, but I can't because that means I'm gonna die in my world. Like it's just so interesting to see. And you saw that play out. Like I said, when they first saw each other, they just had this exchange and this glance. Mm-hmm. It felt mm-hmm. like that was all on little Mo's mind, and it's like fuck, like this this decision right here, maybe not directly got me in some shit, but it really took away that last straw. Like I don't have any more chances now. Anybody else know you here? You feel me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I was saying the road to hell is paved with good intentions, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's hard. Um, I think that yes, little Mo knew that getting Eugene home or away from home somewhere safe was the right thing to do. I also believed that little Mo, even if not big Mo, but little Mo feels a level of responsibility and burden for everything that has happened in Eugene's life. The death of Kofi, and his mother and other siblings. Well, hold on real quick. Does Big Mo, do you think Big Mo knows Eugene's alive? No, Big Mo doesn't know that. I'm okay, saying all right, all right, okay. Yeah. Little Mo, you're talking about Little Mo. Okay, okay, little okay, Mo. my bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I think that he felt some sort of responsibility to do right by this nigga the last chance he had left to do right by him. And number two, I think that little knew Big Mo, Auntie, that's I'm her favorite, low-key. And she my favorite. I while that may have been the last straw, I think he knew that she not you she not gonna kill me. You know, she'll be mad for a minute. I'll make it up to her. However I got to, I'll make it up to her, you know. But mm-hmm. We ain't going to completely fall out over. She ain't going to kick me out. I still got to run the shit, you know, so it is what it is. So I think that he knew that he could make that decision, although, albeit with some consequences. I got you. Somebody else didn't make that decision. Only little people make that. 
Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just interesting. It's interesting, like you said. It's um, good thinking by Eugene to get up out of there, baby. All that money. Um, obviously, he didn't know what was in the bag, and then he's get the phone call from Big Mo. Um, shook. shook, man. So that is going to play a huge role into what's going on. Um, I do not know how that's going to play out. Obviously, there's going to be some, um, you know, Big Mo's eventually going to have to find out that Eugene is alive. And um, even more so, the it sounds like Big Mo and the aunt are sisters. Yes. And there is some contention between the two of them. Definitely some contention there. Um, and we get a little bit of that for part 14, if you saw the mm-hmm. previews. Um, and you, know, you can see her, you can see the aunt putting things together. I'm carrying yeah. my car and I see the duffel bag and mm-hmm. anyway that you're looking at Justin. You know, there's more to it. And I believe that's her son that I guess got into it. Yeah. Yeah. Feel, shout out to him because like, bro, I told you, I, I felt him when he, I told you I didn't even want to do this shit. I didn't even want to be a part of this. And now you oh, bailing. Like, we got to fight. Like, I kind of felt him. Like, we got to. Yeah. And now you putting me, you, what day they tell Craig, I got to live for you. Don't. <laughs> you feel me? Like, you, you messing up my world. I'm a dead man. Like, I'm really a dead man. Not just me, but everybody I care about, Loki. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to be God over this. And Big Mo know that, too. So, Big Mo was scrambling. She didn't care. She wanted that club. She wanted that club. And she's and you know, that conversation with her her and Little Mo, like, you know, we can't, like, you know, we can't pull back on this. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. not worried about that right now. I'll I'll deal with that later. Yeah. I ask you, I'm telling you, like, bring me my fucking money. And she knows what it is. Like, that's the first thing that I saw uh, Big Mo do that was questionable. But I will say this Big Mo was a G. Um, hopefully she has it figured out. I don't know, but you know what no. she said. What she say? You worried about hypotheticals? Um, let me <laughs> offer you a guarantee. Period. Period. As to which she's right, but this you is know. a bad move. Yeah, you don't even know this man. You don't have any intel on this. If you're gonna do somebody dirty, you at least need to get some information on him. Like, you know, know who you dealing with. Um, there's a there's a. Uh, <laughs> I know I bring up the wire a, a lot, but it's my it's favorite show favorite. of all the time, y'all. It's my favorite show. But there's a there's a scene in season four of The Wire with, between Marlo and Omar, mm-hmm. uh, where Omar robs the card game, and, or the poker game that Marlo's a part of, and Marlo's carrying it a certain way. He said, "Oh, that's how you want to carry it, because I can find you and your people a lot quicker than you can find me." Period. And that's what I thought about with this. Like, I'm sure Rodney can find Big Mo and all of them a lot quicker than Big Mo can find. She she made a point to say, "I don't even know who this is. You don't know him. Like your cousin know him." So that's very interesting, man. It's bad business, especially in that world. I just broke down how they got to live by a different set of rules. And their rules are life and death. It ain't no, like, interest fees and shit. Like, nah, nigga, you can die. The reality is, I'm surprised she went for it. I know that they need money. I know that they got to find some different product because whatever they've been doing, been killing niggas in the ninth. Mm-hmm. But without Moses, Big Mo is a smart woman. So without doing any vetting other than just trusting your other nephew's word for it, I'm surprised she went for it in the first place. That I'm, might just have a... Go ahead, my bad. I would say no, and I'm even more surprised and I understand the why because Gina low-key big bro you. 
because sure they does. have considerably more capital, liquid and uh, not liquid, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I I get it because you don't want to lose that. And I understand that it's important to her, but mm, it's a bad move. It's a bad move. Yeah, because at what point does at what point does Big Mo step to Gina? Let's just talk about some. Well, do you have anything else that you want to kind of get into as far as like the show? The, the, oh, the, let's the, go. So, um, I do just want to say the powerful shot at the end. I love just the fact that you have this image of. Uh, I think I mentioned it earlier when I talked about these. You know, Eugene, Justin, mm-hmm. Lil Mo, just that yin yang, good evil type situation. Yeah, um, yeah. This as well. You have the, um, the depending on how you want to view them, <laughs> good or evil. I think both of them have a little bit of it in them. They're both the grandparents of this child, and um, it's just a powerful shot at the end of the episode. But um, if you don't have anything else as far as scenes, like what do you have for facial expression? Yeah, and all that. Um, as far as scenes, or not scenes, but as far as like maybe some predictions that you. Are picking up on we got seven episodes left. What do you think is gonna happen? Um, there is something in me. I think that either Justin is going to have to use some of the money to get Mo and Cuz out, or he's going to have to make the drop, make the delivery. So is is there gonna be a delivery? Because Mo wants that money back. Mo she ain't gonna get that money back from Justin. And we in Houston and we got to deal with Houston right now. We can't get to New Orleans and deal with Mo because little Mo is in jail. Mm. Cuz is in jail. <laughs> yeah, low key got a police brutality charge too, or uh, assault, excuse me, police brutality charge, assaulting an officer charge. That part. Because um, his nose was busted. Yeah. Because did that. So I don't know if they're gonna mention that, but. Yeah, it's a little bit deeper. And of course, if you in jail, that's public record, which means Rodney know exactly where you at, where my bread at, bro. Exactly. Exactly that. So I think that maybe in my mind, Little Mo calls his phone, discreetly walks Justin through how to maneuver through next steps. To either, again, one, get them out of jail, or two, shit, meet the connect, because Mo, Big Mo going to be SOL. I think that she's truly just going to be SOL out of this money, or at least she's not going to get it all back, because they got to get out of jail somehow, and I doubt that little Mo's record is clean. Nah, that's real. <laughs> they had... They've been booked. <laughs> they I like are that. the bullpen. No, I like that. I, I agree with you there. I think that that's going to have to, like you said it best, they got to deal with Houston at this point. That's it. Um, I think the auntie there at Houston is going to mm-hmm. have to play some kind of role in this. Yeah. I'm not sure what that's going to be, but it's going to be there. Um, I don't know if it gets to the point where Big Mo actually pulls up to Houston, um, but I can see that as a possibility also. She might have um, to. I'm very interested to see where we go with Olivia. I'm hoping that as we get more episodes, we get a little bit more uh, insight into what her motivation is and what she's really trying to accomplish. Um, mm-hmm. I know we haven't seen a lot of Detective Costello. You know, she did have the conversation with Olivia about, um, you know, she, Olivia wanted her to be the ears. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that's going to play out. Um, 
I don't know what's going to happen really with, I, I think this episode is going to start with a, uh, a Jimmy and Michael conversation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of the same way the episode ended this one. Um, I don't know what that conversation is going to be like. I, like, like I said, there's a lot that I just don't know. Well, um, let me pause you and, and go backwards a little. I am even more curious now of the story that little Mo told the aunt to get her to take Justin in. Mm, good point. I didn't think about that. We don't know what that was. And if, and I hadn't thought about it till you just said it, if Big Mo got to come to Houston and figure out what the fuck is going on and she sees Eugene Justin, mm -hmm. there's going to be some smoke in the city. It's going to yeah, be. I mean, you, yeah, I, that's going to happen. Like Big Mo going to find out Justin's <laughs> alive or Eugene's wow. alive. How or when, I don't know, but. Okay. I'm very um I'm very positive about that. I mean that's almost a certainty. So I think that's pretty much all I had as far as this, you know, my predictions and things like that. Yeah. Like I said, there's a lot of interesting things that I know are gonna unfold. Um my I biggest still one hope you see Lee. I, I still hope you see Lee come back. That's my biggest one. And and Lee is going to be, I'm gonna be honest. If we don't see her about part 14, part 15, she ain't coming. I mean, she that 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 mean that real actress got some work. She on another <laughs> show somewhere. <laughs> I think she's the only saving grace for Eugene. She's the only way Eugene stays alive. Okay. Big Mo, no. Big no. Big Mo gonna find out he alive. She gonna try to take out Little Mo, and I don't know if she gonna try to take out Little Mo, but it's gonna lead to some shit, man. It, listen, yeah. it's getting it's getting real. They just laid out the whole foundation of these next seven episodes. Um, Did you? It's only gonna get crazier from there. The preview for next week with Jimmy and Michael's conversation. You yeah. said you, you know that they have one, but you saw it had he had a pistol in this conversation. This mm -hmm. wasn't no. But they had tuxes on too, so there must be some kind of event. I don't know. I don't know. It sounded. It looked like he was in the back warehouse on some. Maybe it was the baptism. I don't know. I don't know. But <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of questions. Hopefully, we get some answers soon. I think it's going to be a week-by-week week thing, but man, I am excited, man. It's completely, it's still riveting. It's just in a yeah. different way. Yeah. Um, last week, we were just trying to find out when are the lies going to come unfolded. Now we're trying to find out what the results of all this is. And um, like I said last week, I have no idea how this is going to go, but I'm here for it every single week. I'm ready. I'm ready. Mm -hmm. I like that. Even though we have predictions, uh, it's not predictable. You Absolutely know, we've been right, we've been wrong. So I'm, yep. I'm very interested in the ride that we take next week. Indeed, indeed. So with that being said, we definitely appreciate y'all checking us out. We got another episode of Your Honor in the books. Let's go. We'll be back next Monday evening, Tuesday at the latest, to discuss uh, part 14. Mm -hmm. As far as we got y'all is concerned, we are going to be starting Harlem, which comes hey. on Amazon Prime. They have a new episode that comes out next week. Friday. This, this week. Friday. Excuse me. Yeah, right. This upcoming week. It's February this week. Yep. Um, so this Friday. So that means Monday or Tuesday again. We'll have an episode covering <laughs> episodes one and two of that. Um, so if you love television, like I said, we got some things that we're gonna be breaking down for y'all. Um, Culture Garden, we got a new episode coming this Thursday. It's our romance month, so please tune in for that. I, I guarantee you you will like the film that we'll be discussing. Which is somebody if you got them. 
Yeah, which is somebody if you got them, man. <laughs> uh, good luck to y'all. But with that being said, Rachel, it was an absolute pr- pleasure as always. Always. You know what I'm saying? You know how we get down. The yeah, rest yeah. of y'all, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being a part of this conversation. Please remember to comment, subscribe, like, share, everything else. Holler at us. We will talk back. We'll definitely talk about it, no question about it. So y'all be cool. How y'all be cool? Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> All rise. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, y'all. Oh, peace.